right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast. All right, it's Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B and appreciate you, Tom. I'm fired up because today's topic is so niche, so unique, so different. It'll make you question what you know and feel about cars. Now, Kevin, when I tell you AMC or I tell you Nash, what is a car that pops to your head? What is? Do you have anything in your Rolodex of cars that screams like, oh, it's a badass AMC or this is a badass Nash? Well, I think the, the one that pops out that probably most people can think of would be like the Metropolitan. You know, that's like one you kind of see a oh, lot yeah. of car shows. A little mini right? car. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got some kind of uh, AMC in their head, whether it's a Javelin. The honey, know, I a, shrunk the car yeah. car. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's, it looks out like a shrunken down car. Yeah. It looks like something that's a toy. Yeah, yeah. It stands out. So it's one that you kind of like, oh, I'm not familiar with that car, but it's so different. I got to gravitate over and see what's going on with this little thing over here, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> now, wasn't, uh, wasn't Doc from the movie Cars, the cartoon movie Cars, was he a Nash? It's been so long since I've seen that. Yes. Yeah, I, I want to I want to say he was indeed yeah. a Nash. So I, I got to tell you, the the guest we have today is it's such a unique place. Like, so for those of you that that don't know, I host the rock radio station. It's my regular job, and you know I do the morning show, and I've been doing it for several years. I'm a big car guy in and around the the Colorado area. Um, I do a lot of car cruises. I live in a small town. Uh, outside Denver called Elizabeth and I being a radio DJ I've and, and known for cars I was asked to lead a parade in Elizabeth a little small town and um, you know I make no bones about how I feel about certain cars on the air you know that being a Ford guy right. Kevin <laughs> So, you know, I got a little Mopar blood running through my veins. I'll, I'll take a shot at a Ford now and then. Daily. <laughs> but, but, you know, I I, <laughs> I I do give them some respect. The only reason, you know, I, I grew up battling the Ford Mustangs, uh, Fox bodies in the opposite lane, be it my road racing stuff or my drag racing stuff. They were always a contender. Um, but I was on the air one time, um, and I was – I was harshing on the AMC Pacer. I, I do my Cars for Christmas program. Um, I've done it for several years. Where I give cars to needy families. And one time on our radio station, we gave away like 25 cars in 25 days and called it 25 days of Christmas. However, the cars we gave away were straight beaters. And I gave away an AMC Pacer. 
and I was ragging it on the air about how it's the god awfulest, ugliest car on earth. I can't believe people would want to want to own that car. And as a kid, I did the school safety patrol for one year. All right, don't hold it against me. I was school safety patrol for one year in fifth grade. And I remember opening the doors at my elementary school. And every time, I forgot Lisa's last name, but every time Lisa would pull up in that AMC Pacer, I would think to myself, <laughs> this is the ugliest car on earth. Like, who, who in their right mind would save these cars? Did you have the little orange like neon belt with the diagonal stripe and the badge. I, I absolutely did, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I had a stop sign too. I'd jump out there in the middle of the road like, stop, Oh, you had a stop sign, stop. man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if it makes you feel any better, at, at one point, I was probably in the fifth grade too, man. I had the orange <laughs> uh, diagonal belt thing going on, suspenders with the badge. Oh, you were a school safety patrol too? Yeah, but I didn't. Oh, oh I did have a stop sign. I did. Oh. oh, I thought I almost got gypped on that one, but right on, man. Yeah, right man. on. <laughs> nice, well, my man. You know, on that same note, uh, we had we had two friends of my 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 dad's or whatever. Um, you know that were you know trying to keep cars running, kind of. Uh, uh-huh. They ended up with the you know. So my buddy right around the corner, uh, his dad had a pacer. And he had two in the backyard. <laughs> Ugliest car in the world, right? <laughs> so whenever something went wrong, so we always had a pace. And after so many years, that pacer changed color. So I assume he grabbed one out of the backyard and started swapping parts over to that one too. So yeah, man, I am very well. I, I, I'm sure I had many rides in that thing as uh, my neighbors, <laughs> as my buddy's friend. My buddy Larry had a, he got a 301, he had a 301 big block uh, or 301 small block in a pacer and uh, we ended up putting a 390 in it and that thing used to show up at the street races and actually clean people up it would it would crash their hopes and dreams it was hysterical well I, I moved out to where I live in this fairly small town just outside Denver and I met this individual Terry who owned a, a place I'd only heard about a place called Rambler Ranch and it was the world's biggest collection of AMC's and Nash's and he he met me at this parade, and I was leading it with the 57 Chevy, and he said, man, I always hear you giving AMCs crap and giving them hell um, on your radio show, uh, but I love it that you're a car guy, and, and it makes me laugh. And he said, I want you to come out and see my collection, um, because if it wasn't for me, nobody would save these cars. And I got to thinking about that, and I'm like, wow, you know, there are so many cars that nowadays you you would probably look over or pass, right? When you were a kid, you would think that car is ugly, like I did as a safety patrol, right? But I would look at now and go, you know what? That car has certain things about it that are very appealing now, and you appreciate lines in the car, and you appreciate things that they did to market it and, and to to really sell the car as a unique platform. Would you believe the AMC Pacer has a larger passenger door than it does a driver? Yeah, I remember reading that a long time. Yeah. That's so people get in the back seat. I bet you didn't I bet you didn't know that, you know? It's and you could you could fit a big size, you know, V8 in a Pacer. Would you believe they have a really righteous suspension underneath that car? All of a sudden you start reading things about it and you go, "Wow." Well, this car is kind of legit. Well, Ben is the curator. He's the man behind what is known nationally and worldwide as the Rambler Ranch. 
and I call it Ramble Ranch because that's his name online. You can go Google it, you know, before we bring Ben on. But it is the biggest, most, most righteous collection of both the AMCs and the Nashes. And when you step foot in this, this compound, you really start to have respect for a car that you would have overlooked a million times over. And you really start to understand if it not for this guy that lives literally a few miles from where my shop is, where my home is, if it wasn't for this guy, then nobody would be able to collect these cars. There, there wouldn't be a collection, at least a, a, a righteous collection of all makes, all models, and the, and the best um, VIN numbers, the earliest models, meaning the lowest miles, and a collection of AMCs and Nashes like there is today. And we're going to talk to the, the men behind this collection coming up next. And trust me, when I say AMCs, you may have a perception. But when we bring Ben on and he tells you about what's in this collection, that perception is out the window. And you will be blown away at the number of cars and the value to these cars coming up in just a minute. All right, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast, Kevin Bird, Willie B, and we're back with guys known as the Rambler Ranch. All right, give us a couple minutes and we'll come back. All right, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And Kevin, have you ever, you know how some cars, you know, I was driving here today to do the podcast and I saw a Buick Wildcat and it was a four door Wildcat. But, you know, I'll give credit. Buick had some of those, what, 455 or something? Like, what were there, those Wildcats? Uh, it was an Oldsmobile Rocket or something back then. You know, they, they kind of had those different engines. But some of those things ran pretty good. But I'm looking at the car, and I'm thinking to myself, eh, that's not a car I would buy or I would rebuild. But it looked cool seeing it on the road, packed with people, right? Really clean paint job, really clean stance, you know, chrome rims. And the guy pushing it, you know, on a – on a fall day, I was really kind of like, wow, it's a cool car. It's because old cars are so different. Well, you know, in my mind, there's cars that I want to own, cars that I like that I want to own. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other cars that I enjoy uh, seeing, appreciating, learning about. And, you know, I remember one one experience uh, here in Detroit. There's uh, one of the early Ford factories you can go to. Uh, and and it it's kind of cool because you can walk the original kind of line and and you can pick up so much of the history and what you find is like back in the early 1900s i think there was over 2000 different car companies right because it was like the dot com wow. boom right everybody's jumping on it right once the car was kind of developed and it's selling and it's hot and everybody wants one every tom dick and harry and startup company whatever are making cars and slowly that's consolidated down from you know 2000 3000 cars whatever that number of uh you know brands or whatever companies were down into I think we're down into the, you know, two handfuls of brands now. So they've they've merged, they've collapsed. And so there's a lot of history in there. And and in that history is is things like we talked about like uh, you know, with the 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 Nash, the Ramblers, right? I mean, 1938 they were uh, the originators of the the kind of heating and ventilation system that we still use today, right? In 41, I think they kind of came out with the unibody construction. So even if you aren't a huge Nash, Rambler, AMC fan, when you go to a place like this, 
the the amount of history and what it means to the whole automotive industry like who invented the seat belts who invented you know power steering and the blinker and all that stuff like right. bits and pieces in there and you're like oh i had no idea but they are a fundamental building block to the cars that we really like the ones that we want to own the ones that we want to drive right yeah yeah well we have ben on who was basically the man behind rambler ranch and if you go Google Rambler Ranch, you're going to find out not only is it it's a destination location for all things AMC, Nash. Um, some of you may not know this next word, but Kelvinator. All right. So Kelvinator is a an appliance that Nash, the car company, made back in the day. And this Rambler Ranch is so infatuated with the Nash brand there's buildings just dedicated to all these Kelvinator appliances. It truly is one of the most amazing car collections on earth. And when I first visited this and, and met these guys behind it, I, I was really, it was an eye-opening experience. It made me realize it was almost like a life lesson, right? You can't really judge a book by its cover. And just because something may not appeal to you, it doesn't mean it, it doesn't have its place, right? Um, don't judge a book by its cover, basically. And AMCs and Nashes are one of those cars. So, Ben, how many AMCs and Nashes are on the property? Because I know there's a ton of them. Oh, Willie, there's north of 800 now, probably 850. We haven't wow. uh, done a firm count. I can tell you how many are finished inside the buildings, but out in the boneyard, which is about 15 acres of cars. That's another story. Yeah, it's amazing. I've been on a tour of that boneyard, and it is unreal. So tell me how you've acquired over the years. You know, you've got some of the, the lowest VIN production number-wise. You have some, some of the lowest, you know, miles on these cars, some of the first ones produced, some of, these, some of the rarest AMCs and Nashes in the world. And a lot of people don't understand why would you collect AMCs or Nashes? But when you see them in this environment, you really have an appreciation for them. Absolutely. Well, uh, Terry started the Rambler Ranch in 1992. Um, you know, he had about 30 cars at the time, and he had them at a storage lot in Aurora and uh, was looking to build just a, you know, a man cave out in the country. It wasn't his intention to do all of this, but... Uh, through the restoration process of his dad's 54 ambassador that she rescued from the field, his brother was going to scrap it. Terry rescued it and wanted to fix up a little piece of family history. Um, you know, he didn't know a whole lot about Nash or American motors at the time. And um, through the restoration process and taking it to his first car show, uh, just had a ball with it and realized that Nobody was keeping track of this stuff. There are museums out there for every other auto manufacturer. Yeah, there is. Um, nobody was these, you know, Nash and AMC were kind of like the underdogs. And in my opinion, the unsung heroes of the automotive world. And Terry set out to capture that in its entirety. So Nash started in 1917, um, evolved and changed hands, um, became Nash Kelvinator in 1937 American Motors formed in 1954 through the uh, merger of Nash and Hudson, which was the largest corporate merger in the history of the world at the time. Wow. And then American Motors uh, was purchased by Chrysler in 1988, and Chrysler just wanted the Jeep name. Yeah. Terry so set out to capture 71 years of history to have something from every single year that they were in production, and that includes all of their subsidiary companies. So we have 
the Kelvinator appliances. We've even got some wheel horse garden tractors, which AMC also owned. Um, just uh, RTD bus because of AM General. Wow. There's postal vehicles. There's, you know, they did military trucks. Um, he's out to get everything, man. And he's only about seven cars away from completing that goal. Seven or eight. You know, I, so for those that, that haven't caught on, Terry is the, the man that really owns Rambler Ranch and is the guy that be, that began the whole Rambler Ranch concept. Ben is, is the guy that runs it. Um, and, and if you go there and you see these cars, you see cars that you never, and I mean, I, I, I my car, if you took any car, make model, and said, Willie, what is your favorite car? It'd be a 70 Dodge Charger, right? I, didn't, I never rarely see those out on the road. But, you know, on occasion at car shows or driving around, you may see you may see one or two of those. I'm telling you, man, there's cars in this museum you have never laid eyes on because the production numbers were so low. And in, they're really cool platforms from station wagons to sedans to coupes um, to things that just will blow you away in the architecture of it and things that are one of ones. So on the property, what are some of the real highlights that you have that really you can't put a price on? Oh man. Uh, well, right off the bat, when you walk into our Nash building, Terry has a 1955 Penin Farina special, only one in the world ever built largely because it's of white. It's gorgeous. Oh yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. Uh, Pininfarina designed it in Italy. He had a prototype factory that you could drive cars right off the floor. They shipped all the Nash components over and took them about a year. And the estimated cost was going to be 100K in 1955, which is like a million bucks in today's money. <laughs> yeah, more so. Nash just could not afford it, man. So they only ever made that one. Uh, so that's like one of my favorites. It's a beautiful, beautiful car. Uh, the other one, the Nash tow truck we've got from 1948, those are extremely rare. There were only about 545 of them made that year, and they were only for Nash service dealers. They didn't make pickup trucks for the public. And that's, you know, just like two right off the bat, the tip of the iceberg. Uh, he's got a, an a AMC Marquesa, another prototype car. Uh, got an AMC Concorde touring car, only one in existence. Hey, what, what is it about AMC that that is so different to you? And, and Kevin, maybe from an engineering part, because, you know, you look at cars and, you know, we talk everything from 32 three-window coupes to, to, you know, my 70 Dodge Chargers. We talk everything from the lines or the, 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 the way the car looks or the persona of the car just sitting still. Have you ever looked at an AMC and thought to yourself, ooh, that's badass? You know, it really, it doesn't happen that often, you know? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 uh -uh. <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm just being a little facetious, but, um, <laughs> there's a, there's a, you know, a couple times I've looked at one and, thought, uh, and then I changed my mind again. Um, but they're, you know, they are uh, typically they're quirky, a little different, a little unique, uh, but but what I think might be interesting, Ben, you know, typically when you've got something quirky like that or oddball, you've got some like mega fans, right? You get some people that are just so into like I've got a buddy that's so hardcore in AMC. And of course, just like you with Mopars, you know, you find another Mopar buddy and you're like, yeah, and this one and this one. So, you know, at your ranch, right, you've got a lot from, 
you know, years from, you know, the earliest to, like I said, 71 or whatever years worth of, of vehicles. Do you get some people that just completely geek out when they come to the, to the, to the ranch? I have seen grown men cry when they enter the, <laughs> not, not joking. Uh, also a lot of, uh, fun expletives when people walk in the door, like they're just completely breathtaking and, you know, it's on a brochure, it says like, how many ways can you say, wow? Cause that's just like the reaction people have. And, and let me tell you, th- these are cars that you never, ever see because so many people, you know, junked them. Let's be honest. Um, you know, we were just talking about uh, how my love for the 70 Dodge Charger, that is a second gen, you know, Charger, the first gen, not a lot of people, um, saved. They were, they were a dime a dozen. Nobody saved AMCs back in the day. Nobody saved Eagles or Pacers or Gremlins. Yet there were some performance models of all of those. There was a wicked little Gremlin back in the day, you know, that had a righteous little nasty motor in it, small block, you know, been, you know, it was manual and people, you know, it was like the Gremlin X or something. Who would have guessed? Yep. But they have them at, at this ranch. And not only do they have the cars, but they have billboards that were hand-painted back from the 50s, right? Hand-painted that never went up. And these, you know, these artists are, are unreal with the, the, the drawings and, and what they were able to create on old billboards that are up on the walls of, of the, these buildings. And it's just one of the most amazing car collections in the world of a car that... You know, I got busted one time. Terry said, I, I, I heard you calling an AMC, you know, ugly and a pacer hideous. And I'm like, well, they are, and it is. <laughs> but but there's nobody that saved them. And what you're doing is crucial to, to, to this car company. Like, there's not a bigger, better collection of AMCs and Nash's to represent this entire company in, in history and what it presented uh to the world than what you have so that's a real testament to what you guys have created yeah thank you very much it's been a real pleasure to watch terry work and to be you know a part of it we we do some fun stuff there's two i think you need to have in your collection uh one of them was a a rambler uh it won autorama here a few years back in detroit it's called the ferrambo i'm not sure how familiar you are with this but you guys gotta google it (laughs) It is literally a 1960 Rambler wagon with a Ferrari 360 Modena powertrain mid-engine setup on it. And it won the Riddler Award in, I think, 2008 or something, man. Uh, It kind of was mind-blowing on, really, that car won the Riddler Award? Uh, Now, again, it did have all of the details and the customizing, and it's a pretty amazing machine. But it was a Rambler, dude. So, so that's one that you got to put in there. And then uh, the Ring Brothers just knocked off a pretty badass, amazing. I think it was a '72 uh, AMC Javelin. Brought it to SEMA. I mean, a thousand horsepower. I think oh, it's nasty. Gorgeous. Yeah, of course, they put their own vision to it. I'm sure they've moved every panel on the car. But uh, from an AMC uh, perspective, that's probably one of the nastiest, most badass ones ever built. Uh, so, so those would be two primes that you could put in there and get people to, you know, throw out a couple of more wows. Oh yeah. Well, maybe I can talk Terry into chopping up his McLaren and we can call it a McRambler. There we go. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> 
Well, look, let, let's take a break now. But when we come back, we're going to focus in on some of the wagons. Some of the he's got more wagons, and I feel like AMC when they produce wagons, they did some really unique things, man. I'm telling you, when you're standing in front of these cars, and there's different years, different makes, different models, different you know lines, whether it's chrome trim or you know two door, four door, uh, and what accessories they had, it really is amazing in their offerings. So we'll highlight some of the wagons, some of the cool things that you're going to find. And what AMC as a car company really was. I mean, for the longest time, it was such an underrated car company, but they really did, you know, they were the first in a lot of innovations, a lot of creations, and a lot of a lot of moves. So we'll give them some credit. Back in just a minute, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It's the Two Guys Rides Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have our boy Ben from the Rambler Ranch. You guys need to Google the Rambler Ranch. I'm telling you, it is the foremost collection of cars that shouldn't be collected. And that's one of the one things. Terry, the guy that owns the Rambler Ranch, he busted me on. He's like, you know, you say these cars don't have a place in history, but all cars have a place in history. And I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. Y- y- you are. As, as much as I used to make make fun of the hit the pacer that showed up at my elementary school right that car brought some unique things and engineering to the table and when you look at some of these styles that amc was creating back in the day and some of the things that they did it was a big sort of just a big you know sort of smack in the face to what everybody else was doing back in the car world back then some of the wagons some of the things that they were building um, really cool and underrated. So Ben, when you look over your collection, is it is it something from the Nash era, something from the AMC era? Like what stands out as like an an oh wow factor for you? Oh man, I have a a favorite or several favorites in each building, each display. In the uh, Nash building, I gotta throw a shout out for our 1938 ambassador six convertible, which is the only one left in existence Gorgeous car. It has a really cool story. Someone actually rescued it out of a riverbed in Canada. Uh, they used to use old cars to line riverbanks and slow down erosion. Someone wanted it out of there badly enough that they hooked a helicopter up to it and pulled it out and fully restored it. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's one of my favorites in the Nash building. Um, Terry's dad's car is absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, and that was the car that started it all. So that one's kind of a no brainer, uh, up in the AMC building. I love the station wagons. And in 1967, American motors did a really cool regional promotion. Uh, what they did was broke the country up into three different regions, uh, Midwest and Texas, East coast and West coast. And they made a car that was kind of tailored to fit, you know, what they thought people were into in those areas. So the East Coaster car, they called the Briarcliff, and it was like country club and huntsman themed. Uh, the Midwest and Texas car was called the Westerner. Uh, only made 500 of those. And the California West Coast car, they called the Mariner, only made 600. So they cranked out 1,500 total for the whole country. Wow. Each one had their own special paint job, special badges, and special interior touches that gave them that classic, you know, Rambler look, but also had a, you know, a special feel for the people in that region. Now, those are some cool wagons, man. I mean, if you talk about the the Rebel, 
it's a traditional kind of classic looking wagon. Uh, but man, they make great hot rods, dude. I've seen so many, like I would have no issue whatsoever throwing a rebel wagon in my stable man you know station wagons are booming drop that baby down a little bit some cool wheels on it and bam right kevin is it not true that the odder the station wagon you can find the better and cooler of a hot rod it makes i feel like that is when it comes to station wagons right everybody wants a 1975 vista cruiser you know with 13 freaking skylights and you know, a 455 <laughs> Wildcat under the hood. Yeah. But, man, the wilder, the crazier the station wagon is, the more eccentric the, the lines on it are, the cooler and and more cool points that it adds up at the local car shows. And there are so many offerings from AMC. They were huge in the world of wagons. And all of them had a, a, a real personality to it. I think they were killing it with wagons, for sure. And And I will go on a limb here. Uh, what was it? The AMC Eagle. If you look at an AMC Eagle, dude, oh, it no, is you're not. almost ahead of its time. Like, no, you're not. You're not going there. I'm not saying it's awesome. <laughs> I'm just saying it's ahead of its time, right? If you look at one, they're 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 kind of high riders, right? They're kind of jacked up a little bit. They kind of have that off-road stance, tires, uh, and it's a wagon. And if you think now on all these crossovers. Hey, you're right. You know what? Dude, they nailed the crossover thing, you know, 40, 50 years ago, whatever, you know, era. I got a hilarious story. So Ben and I both live in Colorado. No joke. I, I had a 74 power wagon. I used to wheel the crap out of that thing. Still have a rock crawler today. Never forget one time I was going snowboarding at a place here in Colorado called St. Mary's Glacier. Uh, it's a glacier wedge between two mountains, uh, and you go snowboarding up there. You know, in August, the hundred degree day, you can go up there and snowboard. Well, I parked my off-road vehicle as far as I felt comfortable riding, right? And we took our snowboards out of my '74 power wagon and hiked the rest of the way. I get to the top of the lake where you're about to ascend on top of the glacier, and there's an AMC Eagle. Uh, up on you know the the beachfront where the lake is the hanging lake is uh that that is fed by the glacier the melt off from the glacier i'm like you gotta be kidding me it's all in like 35s it's jacked up but it's an amc eagle and like you said i couldn't believe that son of a bitch made it all the way up to saint mary's glacier to the bottom of the lake and i'm like that thing wheeled all the way up here it was a very adequate four-wheel drive system those cars presented and obviously people put them to the test out here and, and it is it's it was ahead of its time in a lot of ways dude i'm telling you man when you look at one unfortunately they were clad in 80s crapo on them you know like yeah. 80s trim you know and uh i've only seen a couple uh that were kind of done up but with the right stance and wheels strip off some of the crappy you know accessorizing on them or whatever put the right kind of rugged outdoor scheme on it and you're like Dude, because the core is there. Again, I'm not buying one. <laughs> but the core is there. The architecture is there for the modern day. And and you watch, man. I mean, Ford kind of announced uh, you know, a year or two ago they're not going to make more cars except for Mustang because they're going to get into you know high rider, utilitarian kind of vehicles. And when you look at that Eagle, you're like, dude, they were spot on. They were 40 years ahead yeah, of the time. Yeah, in 1983. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
So Ben, <laughs> Ben, do you have Eagles there? What it, when you look at over the AMC stash of vehicles y- you have, what are some of the more performance-based models that you could bring top of mind that people may be surprised at? Well, I mean, you mentioned like the, you know, you could get the souped-up Gremlin X or you could get a Pacer X. They they kind of had a sportier version of of most of their lines. Um, and then you had, you know, the the AMC muscle, the, the AMXs and the Javelins, and there was an AMX 2 and 3. Yeah, a lot of people don't give the AMX credit, but that was the, aside from the Corvette, that and the Corvette were the only American-made two-seater sports cars uh, back in the day. A lot of people don't realize that, but an AMX is only a two-seater. That and a Corvette, that was the only offering you got in a two-seater sports car. And, uh, and I'm telling you, the 390s, uh, they would uh, they would get after it, and and the great thing about about this particular place, this Rambler Ranch, is you get every one of these offerings, and not just these offerings, but you get them in the lowest production number, lowest VIN number, lowest miles. If this guy Terry doesn't own the lowest mile one that that they ever have or that exists. He is trying to buy the lowest mile one that exists, and I don't think there's many people that don't have a car that Terry's wanted. We uh we have a Matador Barcelona with 101 miles on it. Jesus, what year? 77. 77 with 101 miles. And Bert, I'll tell you, this is this is Terry's personality. So I said that I met Terry at a parade in this little tiny town called Elizabeth. One time he wanted to inspire all the kids from I believe it was the high school or something like that. Um, and he wanted to get all of his AMCs, and he's got hundreds, hundreds. He wanted to get them all out for a parade. He licensed and tagged every single car, what, and had had kids and people from the town parade the Whoa. entire collection around the town, like just to get them out and drive them one day. I think it was close to 110 cars that he had parked up at Spring Valley Golf Course. That's what makes the whole thing fun, right? Because like you said, I mean, they're quirky and they definitely have hardcore people that, that love them, right? I mean, the guy walks in the door and he's crying. Uh, you know, many of us that have their favorite car, maybe it's not these, but it's a place where you can go and and it's just cool, right? The history is cool. The, you know, even getting a good laugh is fun, right? Or finding finding one of those wagons that you didn't realize, oh, I didn't realize that was a Rambler. I didn't realize that was an AMC. That That's actually kind of cool. Like finding that discovery, uh, getting those history lessons, and here the guy's going to title 100-plus cars just so that everybody can go drive them around and have some fun with them. That's pretty awesome. So he has close to 70 AMC Eagles, and every couple years he would put on an Eagle tour, get a bunch of friends and family together, uh, I think biggest turnout one year, he had over 40 Eagles roll off of his property. <laughs> we all rolled down to Manitou Springs and stay at the Eagle Motel. I don't know what I would do if I'm just like chilling out and all of a sudden a hundred AMC Eagles come <laughs> strolling down the road. <laughs> the hotel said the, the Eagles have landed or the Ramblers are back. Like did it a lot of years. It, it's a blast. Oh, that's great, man. Hey, you know, what What was it about Nash's design that was so different in that era? When you look at a Nash car from those days, right, it looks, it just looks different. It's appealing. A lot of them had skirts. A lot of them, you know, had things that you're looking at today as far as styling goes, 
like the grill, things like that would, would be appealing. What is it of those cars in that era that really stood out? Well, Charlie Nash had a pretty cushy job with General Motors before he left and started his own thing. And what he wanted to do was make a, a better built, like heavily optioned car that people could actually afford to drive. You know, he, he uh, had a motto, you know, you can sell a whole bunch of hot dogs or you can sell a couple of steaks. And, you know, Charlie Nash wanted to sell steaks. Uh, so in his, his earlier cars, his whole, you know, motto was to, you know, deck these things out and make them on a, you know, a price point that people could actually afford. And when uh, it started getting up into the 40s, Nash was the first American car company to take that unitized body construction and run with it. And they had a, a car that they badged the Nash 600 because of its fuel economy capabilities. This car could go 600 miles on one tank of gas in 1949. Whoa. Largely due to the unit body construction because it, it really lowered the weight of the car. Wow. The, the styling has changed over the, over the decades. Uh, in the 40s, you know, well, back in the 20s, in the earlier years, these cars all resembled um, horse-drawn, you know, carriages and wagons, a big rectangular box with four wheels. And then as time went on and people started realizing aerodynamics and they started styling these cars like airplane fuselages and they called them the Nash Air Flights. And they had those skirted fenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's too much to talk about in like a, you know, we could talk about it for a year. Yeah, I'm telling you, if you ever get the opportunity to get to this Rambler Ranch, you really need to make it a stop because it is such a unique facility. It is is unlike any car collection and museum you've ever been to. I, I promise you that. So do you have a favorite out of all the collection, whether it's, uh, you know, the Sinclair gas station, you know, particular car, a wagon, any of the memorabilia? I mean, what is, what is kind of the cool thing? Every time you kind of walk by, you, you, you just get a little you know, chuckle or smile or something. Well, man, I, I've been working here quite a few years and in and out of the buildings every day. And I still see new stuff. Um, the, the memorabilia I think is probably just the amount of it and the way he's put it all together in a way that makes sense is more impressive to me than, a, you know, a building full of cars. The cars are gorgeous, but anybody with the, the funds can put cars into a building. Harry has created a work of art with all the memorabilia. There's mannequins and all the appropriate clothing. He's got a guy named Daniel that works here and styles all the mannequins. You guys got to understand. So just to put it in perspective, every car, and there's hundreds of them in these buildings, right? Imagine a car, uh, a museum of the size. Imagine walking into a football field that's enclosed, encapsulated. Yeah. And every car has not only era-correct era mannequins, driving the car or around the car with like a, you know, a drive and remember the old drive up, you know, Sonic type things you used to go to in Kentucky. We had a place in Lexington, Kentucky that still exists today called Parquet Drive. And right. You would pull up and they would come and you would look at your speaker, you order your burgers or whatever. And they would bring it out on roller skates and you'd pick on people and set up drag races and street races there. He's got these mannequins and everybody doing these things in and out and around these cars uh, from the, from the billboards on the walls that have never been displayed but were hand-painted to all the small memorabilia, the diner in this facility. It's all really amazing, but it all is from this era. It is all from Nash appliances 
and AMC, you know, type things. It's all from this one company uh, and how this company has evolved. It makes it so unique and so different. It's really a cool place. It's like a gigantic time capsule. You Absolutely. Know? I didn't really answer your question. My favorite car probably in the whole collection is the the Rebel station wagon for the West Coast. It's got anchors and nautical stars embossed in the sea, <laughs> Barbados blue paint job with teakwood side panels, uh, anchor badge. It's it's a, a stunning car, probably one of my favorites. It sounds classy. And then the 60s house. Oh, uh, the 60s house. Yeah, yeah, man. He's got a house just... Man, you're going to love this. So not only does he have all the cars, a Kelvinator, you know, store where all the Kelvinator appliances, which is an off-brand of, of what Nash created, but also a house, and it's a full-on huge house, all with 60s-era stuff, from the furniture to the mannequin to the side, Kelvinator appliances. Like, the, the home is this luxurious, luxurious house, but... It's like a time castle right from the 60s. It's crazy. A little jukebox. Yeah, man. Um, so Nash hooked up with the Kelvinator Appliance Company because he was trying to find someone to take over and run the show. And his old GM buddy, Walter Chrysler, told him about this guy, George Mason, who was the head of Kelvinator. And Kelvinator was like the top of the line, you know, like buying a Sub-Zero or something for your house now. They were actually the first... Um, automated electric refrigeration company in the United States. And Nash, you know, him and Hod back and forth with George Mason. And, you know, Mason wanted to hang on to his legacy and Nash wanted his. So they just decided to join up, became Nash Kelvinator. Kelvinator from 1937 is an amazing appliance company. Dude, it's like Jetsons. It's so cool. And again, man, just stuff you don't see, and it's a time capsule, and it's a underappreciated car company. It's an underappreciated platform and an underappreciated, you know, it's a piece of history, especially in the automotive sense, that needs to be out there. It needs to be collected. It needs to be appreciated, and it needs to be saved. And I'm thankful that you guys are doing just that. Thank you, man. We're, we really appreciate everyone's support. And um, this truly is what Terry has done it for, is to share it with people. Uh, he doesn't hoard all of this stuff to himself. He, he has, yeah. under normal circumstances, there's people out here six, seven days a week on his private property that he just turned into a fun house, you know, over the yeah. course of 26 years. I got a few AMC uh, nut friends and uh, I'm definitely going to share this place with them. And next time, next time I'm out willing to, to check you out, uh, we're going, we're going to have some fun, man. We're going to, we're going to goof around. Maybe we'll, maybe they'll let us drive something. That'd be awesome. It is a, it is a tour you would never forget. You will never forget as many cars you've seen us in Hendrix Motorsports collection. I've seen some amazing collections. This is a, a collection you will never forget because it's an oddity collection. Nobody saved AMCs. Nobody well, saved Nationals. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen all the other cars before. You've seen Camaros, right? right? I, I've seen everything before. Yeah. But I guarantee you there's... So many cars in that collection I've never seen Absolutely. And up close and, you know, in their prime kind of condition. And We have a, a new 16,000 square foot building, you guys, that Terry's calling the Brand X building. And it's got over 60 other manufacturers in there from all over the world. Uh, super nostalgic and fun because not everybody knows about Nash or AMC cars, but this has, like, you are damn sure to find something that, like, your aunt drove you around in or that you had when you were 
I've seen this. I've seen that building that housed his other cars, like that BMW with the whole front of the face of the car lifted off, and the steering wheel is attached to the front windshield. That's the goofiest yeah, yeah. car in the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, you guys got to check it out. Google Rambler Ranch if you ever get out Colorado way. Uh, definitely put it on your places to see. Uh, and don't forget about our show. Speaking of something to see, it airs weekends on Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings to episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guest, Ben, the Rambler Ranch, my man, Kevin Bird. I am Willie B., our producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com, and share your thoughts with us. We're everywhere on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. That Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2020 Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Okay, man, one AMC you would drive, bro. What would it be? Dude, I would take a wagon. For take sure. A wagon? Yeah, the wagons are legit. Yeah, I would do a wagon. Yeah. No doubt. There's no doubt. Ella, swap it. Why the hell not, man? <laughs> Giddy up. You know? <laughs> you got to go fast. You no know? doubt. You can look kind of yep. You can look mundane. Yep. You can look sedate. You can look kind of like, who was that guy? And then you can smoke the tires off, right? Yeah, we all love that, man. <laughs> cool oh man that was fun like a little flashback in time very cool amen to that you guys take care we'll catch you on the next two guys garage podcast we'll see you guys two guys garage podcast is produced by britain productions for more episodes visit iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite shows